Credo Covenant Fellowship. Today's podcast is served up with a savory, reformed perspective with a side of warm Baptist milk. <laughs> uh, today we're here with uh, my, my co-host J.D. Warren, as usual. Hello. And we're joined yet again with the Big Dipper, Junior Duran. Hey, everybody. And Renee Del Rio. Aloha. Aloha. There we go. There we go. His charismatic background means uh, he's, he's coming up with all these different tongues. Nations, nations, known tongues. <laughs> so today we're going to be going through uh, chapter four of Covenant Theology from Adam to Christ. And we're going to be talking about Abraham, and uh, this, this should be a fun discussion because this is really where most uh, pedo Baptists tend to go whenever they're talking about. The topic of, of covenant theology, they like to, well, some like to start here. I don't want to say all. We've already gotten some uh, some pushback from some of our, our Pado-Baptist brothers on, on some of the language that we use. So, you know, some like to start with Abraham and their discussion of covenant theology. Uh, so, so I think this will be a, a, a fun discussion to have. I think this will be a good starting point. On, on page 71... I, you know, I don't have any of us here. I, okay, I think, Junior, you've read The Distinctiveness of Baptist Covenant Theology, correct? By Pascal Deneau. Yes. Yeah, by Pascal yeah. Deneau. Okay, so I guess this would be for you. On page 71, Cox writes, The covenant of grace made with Abraham was not the same for substance uh, that had been more darkly revealed in the ages before, but it pleased God to transact it with him as he had not done with any before him. Okay, so th- this statement does, doesn't seem to be consistent from what I've heard with the republicationist view. I, I'm not I'm not real familiar with the republicationist view. I haven't read it yet, but from what I have heard about it, it doesn't really seem to be real consistent with their view. Uh, it appears to me as though Cox is arguing for a covenant of grace being made w- made with Abraham rather than merely promised to be made with Abraham. You know, am I am I misunderstanding Cox or? And am I misunderstanding the the, the republicationists on this? Or so you know, yeah, let, let's talk about Reformed Pedo sixty nine Baptists today who are trying in republicationists first. Okay. So they in their writings they would differentiate between A and the. So they will talk about a covenant of works, a covenant of grace, and the covenant of works, the covenant of of of, of works. So it's a and the right. Okay. So a and, and so. When we talk about, and then so then they when they read this, I think um, again there's the A and the the. So 
the covenant of grace is different from a covenant of grace. So they will say that they. So I've heard, I've read them, and I'm thinking, who am I thinking of now? I think of, I think Sam Renahan will say Mosaic covenant was a gracious covenant, but it was not the covenant of grace. Mm. So here in Abraham, so he says the covenant of grace made it with Abraham was not uh, the same substance for that. Okay, made before. Yeah, so he's talking about the. So, so here, Cox is in the. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they'll make that distinction. I think you'll see that distinction. The, and watch out Watch out for, again, watch, um, be aware of that distinction is, is purposeful. And today's uh, Kanyan Baptist is the A and the. Whenever you see a uh, covenant of grace, look for that A and the because they're, they're, they're using that. that um, what is that? What is that A and the? What are they? They're, uh, what's, the word? what's the word? Article. Article. Using that article, yeah. Those articles. Purposefully, they purposefully choose those articles. So, mm-hmm. just something to be aware of. Can, can you really quick just kind of define republicanist? There's a, there's a difference between saying the covenant made with given to Moses is the same covenant given to Adam, right? So that so in that sense, it, there's a republication of the covenant of works. So that's what that's what they would say the Mosaic covenant. Then there's a difference between saying that and saying the Mosaic covenant is in some sense a republication of the covenant of works. So, there, so there's there's an equal sign, and there's a in some sense thing. So, so would re, the republicanists would they would they only say that that they are republicanists in, in reference to the covenant, the Mosaic covenant, or is it right. any Old Testament covenant? I've only read on um, them talking about Mosaic. So it's a Mosaic covenant. So they would have no issue looking at the the covenant made with Abraham because this this gets to the heart of my question okay. here on on page seventy one. <laughs> Looking at the covenant made with Abraham, would they have an issue saying that that is the covenant of, of grace? I don't know. Because mainly the writings like in there are focused on Moses, Mosaic covenant. Uh-huh. So I think as they get published more, I think that's something I, I'd, I'd like to study too as well. Yeah. What about those? See the, how they those, understand the Abrahamic covenant. Right, yeah. Right. The Abrahamic covenant, the Noahic, like the rest of all those covenants before Moses. Yeah, Noahic because it, it definitely seems to me that Nehemiah Cox sees the Noahic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant. The Noahic covenant definitely, I wouldn't say that that's, that's in any way related to the new covenant, except that, you know, it, it provides the, the proper, like, environment or circumstances for the, the covenant of grace, the, the new covenant. You know, it, it's, you know, God's promising that he's not going to physically destroy the earth in the same manner that he destroyed it before, you know, with water. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like the way the way you read that sentence also is it, it says the covenant of grace made mm-hmm. with Abraham was not the same for substance. But if you're thinking, and again, I, I do this with a lot of things, is I see some value in using mm-hmm. those articles. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's what Cox is. He's not trying to use the article as defining the right. or a covenant of grace. Right. He's saying that the covenant of grace made with Abraham was not the same for substance. As the one given for right. fall. Right. So he's saying the covenant of grace made with Abraham is different than the covenant of grace made with Adam after the fall. It's hmm. it's not of the same substance. It's a similar covenant, right. but it's not the same. He's not promising the same things. And then, and then the covenant yeah, of grace and then, with well, Abraham. Let's talk about the, the substance admin view then real quick. Yeah, uh, because when I've read... Um, 
you know, Kleinian Baptists talk about it, I think they're misrepresented. So we would say, as a substance admin view, is that the covenant of grace was made with the elect, and it is administered through different covenants. So it is administered through the, the covenant made with Adam at post-fall, but it is not, that's not the covenant of grace, it's administered, administered through it. It's administered through the covenant made with Noah, but it's not the, that's not the covenant of grace. It is administered through the covenant made with Abraham, but that's not the covenant of grace. It is administered through the covenant made with Moses, but that's not the covenant of grace. It is administered through the new covenant, but that's not the covenant of grace either. So covenant of grace is like an overarching covenant, and it's, it's different in substance, right, different in administration, but the substance is the same. Substance being faith in Christ, right, for Hamcook and for Romans, right? There's, mm-hmm. only, there's only one way through to, to salvation, that's through faith in Christ. So the substance is the same as faith. Yeah. It's overarching, but it is administered differently. It's administered differently in types of shadows. It's administered differently in the reality. So, when so, con- so it's almost that's, like that's a Kleinian like it's, Baptist. No, view. no, that's, that's that's the reformed. That's the reformed standard. So, 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 so it's like a, you, could you use the term pre-administration? Then it's being pre-administered to them, like before it's actually uh, substantiated. I, I've, I've never heard that. Yeah, I've never heard that language used. It's 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 administered through those covenants. So those covenants point. To Christ, right? They point. It's administered, but salvation is through faith. Salvation is not through sacrificing. Mm-hmm. It's through faith in what you're doing, right? God doesn't want. He He desires what uh, obedience, not sacrifice. Yeah. Um, and obedience through faith, and not just, you know. Um, so He complains to the, the people in Israel after after they go back to the land. Why? Who told you to have these feasts? Who told you to do these sacrifices? You know. And well, He told them to do it, but they're doing it with the wrong heart. They, yeah. they didn't do it in faith. So faith is, is what matters, and faith is the substance of the covenant of grace. It's administered differently in types of shadows than it is in reality now. Yeah. You know, but it's still administered, um, and it's always been by faith. So, so are you saying this is what Cox is presenting? No, no, no. Uh, that's no, that's yeah, like the, the modern yeah. Reformed Baptist and the Pedo-Baptist, right? right. right. That's the historic Pedo-Baptist. Well, yeah, and the reason I say pre-administered is because it seems like the direction that Cox goes with this is he makes the argument that while Abraham received the benefits of this covenant of grace, it was administered to him. It, it wasn't fulfilled until Christ came. Once right. Christ came, like he, he was the sum and substance of the covenant of grace, and it was fulfilled in him. Right. It, was, it was inaugurated. It was brought right. forth in him. Though what we see in Abraham, the promises, everything that's given to Abraham is a result, ultimately, of that covenant of grace. It's not anything to do with the covenant of works. Uh, that, that's, that's what it seems that, that the argument that Cox is making here. So we see definitely the, the administration of the covenant of works given to uh, God's elect prior to Christ, though it's, it's the work of Christ that enables it to be so. Does that make sense? It's a retroactive administration of it. He fulfills all those, even the works. Mm-hmm. Cox does something that I think a lot of Baptists do, regardless of where you are on covenant theology or dispensational, and that is um, equating the new covenant with the covenant of grace. I think that is pretty much standard, like 80, 90% of Baptist thinking. I don't. I don't think that way. I, I, I like the uh, the overarching covenant of grace, administered you know through different covenants. Um, but I, I do admit that standard Baptist thinking is that the new covenant equals equal sign covenant of grace equals new covenant. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's where Cox is coming from. Seventy three says this: the mutual reference of all God's covenant transactions with Abraham and God's dispensation toward the church for some ages following 
was such that it required a present intermixture of the promises mm -hmm. and an involving of spiritual blessings in the shade of temporal and of a spiritual seed in a natural. Mm. It just as an interjection here. I wish the translators had changed dispensation to administration mm. because we are post-dispensational. Mm. And so I think it would have been more helpful to translate that administration so that we're not having to, to stop down, retranslate it, and right. then try to read yeah. read the sentence. Now, he further goes on here. The scripture does not speak of any other relationship of Abraham in the covenants made with him. Neither can we prove by this that any of the covenants given to him were transacted with him simply under the notion or in the relationship of an ordinary believing parent or head of a particular household. To better understand these things, it is necessary that with due attention both to the history of the Old Testament and a lot of the New, we humbly inquire the concerning, and then that's where he puts mm -hmm. those three bullets. Um, Plainly declared that God revealed the covenant of grace to Abraham, mm -hmm. but he didn't transact it with him, I think is what Cox is saying. Yeah, you know, and and that's what I think in, in chapter three of Dino, and I think in all the um, historic reform confessions, you know, Cradle Baptist, Cradle Baptist, the promises, you know, there was promises made, and all throughout the Old Testament, there were promises continually made, and it wasn't fulfilled until Christ. But I think that's just standard reform biblical theology. Well, and Cox also will say we were you were actually talking about immediate seed and immediate seed. Mm -hmm. uh, there is some sense that those promises were fulfilled through the, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. following seed right. to Isaac, right. to Jacob, right. to the nation Israel. That they're not fulfilled in the new covenant. They're not given to the new covenant. Yeah. But there is an aspect of inheriting. A greater land, like again, it's going to typology. The land of Canaan right. was promised to the Israelite nation, given to them yeah. as a type of the whole earth. I think this is yep. just my yep. own yep. understanding yep. of this. Yep. That to the church, it was promised the whole earth, mm -hmm. the new heaven or new That's earth. That's right. That's right. So, <clears throat> again, there's there's two things happening, and this is something my my grandfather's always he's my pastor. He's always pointed out that there's a, this. Like there's a double role with Abraham. There's always kind of this double role in prophecy mm -hmm. and promise and fulfillment that it's given yep. in the Old Testament and then later will be granted to the church as well. Already not yet. Even in right. the Old Testament. Yeah, and he's always been pre-trib, <laughs> but I think that's his, his old background. But, but a lot of his preaching is definitely more Amil typology. Mm -hmm. I won't get out City, drive a country mile, get back to my roots before two worlds collide. I want sausage, biscuit, gravy, sweet tea from a jug. So jump into my pickup truck and I'll fire it up. We bought our trash out in the backyard in a barrel. We feed our dogs and cats our table scraps. We get our eggs straight from the hen house and our water from a well. Swing with her and makes me almost tired. We burn our trash out in the backyard in a barrel. We feed our dogs and cats our table scraps. 
is almost over, the sun is coming up. People spread out everywhere from here to kingdom come. We burn our trash out in the backyard in a barrel. We feed our dogs and cats our table scraps. We get our x-ray from the hen house and our water from a well. Dig our onions and our taters from the Country mile, get back to my roots before two worlds collide. I just want to clarify just with what we've been saying. So, are we saying historical Reformed Baptist is different than what Cox is writing? In other words, they, they, they've gone differently, or are we saying that it's consistent? A historical pedo-baptist is different than what oh, Cox is arguing. Okay, right. okay I misunderstood. Okay. Modern, a lot of modern Reformed Baptists tend to the historical pedo-baptist view, just with a Baptist twist. Gotcha. So, 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 so this is why this book is important, is that it's bringing us back to more of the historical. Yeah. Yeah. The historical and, and Baptist view. Baptist view as opposed to the current Reformed Baptist view. Well, I, 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 I want to interject in there real quick. So, we, we, talked, we talked about this off uh, or before taping, but... Covenant theology is, is not a monolith, right? There's various right. views of, of yeah. covenant theology. Yeah. And then with, within um, Reformed 17th century Baptists, covenant Baptists, there's also different views. And Cox is one of those views. He's, he's, one, of the, yeah. he's one of the authors of confession. Uh, he's one of the signers of confession. But there are other signers who had different different views. Yeah, none of them were dispensational. None of them were dispensational. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some of them had what's called the Pedal Baptist view, okay. uh, which I, kind of, I disagree with Colin with that because mm-hmm. Cox's view is Owen's view and Owen's a Pedal Baptist, so yeah. they can call that the Pedal Baptist view. The, the only difference is I think Cox, like I said, I totally admit this, um, if you equate the New Covenant with the Covenant of Grace, that's uniquely Baptist, I think. Yeah. I don't think Owen, I'm not sure if Owen does that or not. And, and I think that's one thing that we really need to be careful of is we need to make sure that when we read these old Puritans and particular Baptists, that we read them for what they're saying and, and yeah. do everything that we can not to read into them Klein or right. Deneau right. or any of these people right. that we've already read previously. We need right. to make sure that we're reading them for what they're actually saying. And not read it anachronistically, right? Anachronistically, don't read, don't read it, you know. Today's papers and yesterday's yeah. books, yeah. And, and that's not to say that you know there, there can't be any agreement between right. them and Klein and them and you know Renahan and Deneau and all these other guys. I mean, very, I mean, these guys are, are you know, I, I would argue Pascal Deneau, James Renahan, all these guys. They're 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 trying to be faithful to what they're seeing in the text, and, and they they actually you know they firmly believe that what they're saying in their books are what we're seeing in the text. So we we don't want to run that error either and say, you know, oh, well, you know, you're just reading Klein into into Cox because, you know, we don't want to assume people's motives. We don't want to assume their, you know, what they're doing behind the scenes. So uh, just when we read an author, we need to be careful to read them for what they're actually saying, not try to read between the lines or anything like that. And perhaps we should revisit Truman again sometime soon 
<clears throat> I just picked up this book. I'm doing it with like another reading group. Uh, have you all heard histories and fallacies? <clears throat> it's it's a book on how to read history. Okay. And so I think that would be another good. Is that book. Truman? It's Truman. Really? Yeah. And, when did that come out? Uh, 2008, 2009. Wow. It's from a Truman, a Truman book I haven't heard about. Yeah. It's <laughs> well, histories the, the, and uh, fallacies. It's really interesting. The the cover is it just says history, mm-hmm. and then you see somebody scribbles it out. And then writes IES and fallacies. So instead of reading history, we're reading histories. And so he's he's saying this is how we rewrite history in modern in modern times. I think something else I want to point out too is is I agree with a lot of um, the writings of R. Scott Clark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So as a Baptist, I mean I know he's antagonistic, right? (laughs) Um, But one of the things he says is, is that so the church as as Reformed Baptists, as professional Christians, we subscribe to, we confess um, confessions. We subscribe to confessions. We don't subscribe to systematic theologies, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is Cox's view. Um, there are other uh, Baptist views that are different from his from the mm-hmm. 17th century. They're also signed confession, but they're not, that doesn't mean um, that Cox is the interpretation of the, of the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith. Because yeah. they're different again, different people held different views, but it was written in such a way is that they could, they could all come together and agree with what was written on this document. Yeah. And then I would go I would go even further to say that that same General Assembly later on published the uh, Confession with the Baptist Catechism of sixteen eighty um, together. Mm-hmm. So they I could I could go ahead and, and, and scrap both of those documents, the sixteen eighty nine and the Baptist Catechism. Um, we don't do that now. I don't know. I don't, I'm not aware of any group that does that now. Again, like our current, I don't think. I, I would be fully in favor of it yeah, personally I would like for, for a local church to do that. Yeah, uh, because I think uh, from a from a pedagogical standpoint, from a discipleship standpoint, it's always good to have a good catechism that, that you as a church subscribe to. Um, we have we 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 use a couple of different catechisms at our church. Uh, we when, when the Orthodox, when an Orthodox catechism came out in print, we we handed it out at our church. We also, in Sunday school, we're teaching through uh, a, a, the shorter catechism of Baptist version. But, you know, I'm, I'm inclined toward you know, the, the, actual, the 1693 yeah, Baptist yeah, catechism yeah, yeah. Uh, that was put together yeah. by William Collins. I actually prefer that one over all of yeah. them. Uh, I love where it starts yeah. and, uh, yeah. you know, starts with God, points to God, as opposed to starting with man and pointing to God. You know, I like all that about... Uh, that particular catechism, we have a catechism for boys and girls that we use as a standard catechism at our church. The only thing is, is we don't we don't subscribe to any of those catechisms. But I wouldn't I wouldn't have an issue with saying, you know what, we're going to subscribe to this catechism. And, and again, the, the assembly sixteen, you know, that same group of churches put those together. This is what we believe. Yeah, those two documents, the confession and, and the Baptist catechism of sixteen ninety three. Right? Yeah. So, so, so got derailed there for a minute. Oh no no no! I, I love don't you know? I love catechisms. Oh my goodness! Don't don't get me started. Down rabbit trails. If there's a catechism down a rabbit trail, I feel like find it. Okay, so um, on page seventy four, on page seventy four, writing of Israel. And this is down at the bottom. This is the last full paragraph on page seventy four. Writing of Israel, he says, uh, All the dealings of God with them as a select and peculiar people in covenant with himself were subservient to the great ends of this covenant with Abraham. So I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that. You know, it it appears to me that, that if Abraham's covenant 
with God was a covenant of grace, and God's dealings with Israel were subservient to it, even the Mosaic covenant would have been a sort of covenant of grace. Am I am I just way off on this, or I guess it depends on what's promised and what's required, yeah. right? Um, what's promised, yeah. What's, what's promised right. is the land, mm-hmm. yeah, and what's required is obedience to the law. So, I mean, I, I would say that the Mosaic covenant is a covenant of works. I would probably tend more towards the republicanist view, but I would also see that the covenant of works made with Adam was not keep the, the Ten Commandments and you will live. It was don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and you won't die. Mm-hmm. That's the covenant made with Adam. Mm-hmm. The covenant made with Israel is keep these commandments and you will prosper in the land. Mm-hmm. So I would see that the covenant of works, or the, the covenant with Moses is a covenant of works, but it was given graciously. I mean, the prologue to it is, right. I have redeemed you, therefore therefore mm-hmm. do these things. Mm-hmm. So in some sense, it's gracious, and in some sense, it requires it works. And then there's provisions for, for failure. Right. right. So, okay. so are you agreeing it was subservient? Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. Subservient to? Covenant, with covenant of grace. Covenant of grace. Yeah. 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 So, okay, for instance, because this, this is a topic of discussion that comes up a lot for covenant theologians, especially in dealing with uh, the Sabbath, mm-hmm. is you know, the, the perpetuity of the moral law, right? Mm-hmm. And the moral law is int- intrinsically tied in with the Mosaic Covenant. Would you agree? So the the issue that or the question that I would have, you know, I mean, all of our catechisms, as, as Junior has pointed out in the past, almost every uh, shorter or larger catechism, whether it be Presbyterian or or Baptist or what have you, uh, when, when dealing with the mosaic or the, when dealing with the, the moral law starts out with the idea that, OK, you know, what what is the what is the uh, the prelude to the preface to? The moral law. Well, the preface to the moral law is, you know, God redeeming these people out of Israel. And the application that's drawn is for the new covenant people that we have been redeemed out of sin. So, you know, if if we're going to make that correlation as uh, covenant theologians, as reformed people, if we're going to make that correlation between the the moral law, the, the Mosaic covenant and the new covenant, doesn't that show, you know, that, that 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 it is in that respect very much a covenant of grace? I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm just, yeah. you know, in some ways, I'm agreeing with you that it's subservient to the yeah. covenant of grace. And so we'll, we'll get into it because it seems like Cox is arguing that the Mosaic covenant is a culmination of the covenant of circumcision, mm-hmm. which was given to Abraham, mm-hmm. and it's and that is a different covenant than the covenant of grace given to Abraham. Mm-hmm. There's two covenants given with him. One is to a fleshly offspring, and the other one is to yeah. a, a spiritual offspring. So, in other words, you're pushing off the question until next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's the, you know that'll, that'll give our uh, our listeners something to to chew on and wait for for next time. <laughs> All right, so um, let's see here. What else did I see here? Um, okay, obviously all the covenant promises are yes and amen in Christ. On pages 60, uh, 76 and uh, from 76 to 78, he kind of talks mm-hmm. about this. So what, uh, what do you think of how Cox demonstrates the subservient role of Abraham to his seed, Christ, in the covenant? You know, what do you think of Abraham 
being, you know, his, his, having a, that subservient role. Can, can, can I read the first sentence on page 76? Yes. Section 7. Thirdly, so the title is a covenant confirmed in Christ. Thirdly, you know, section 7, thirdly, this covenant was made with Abraham in and through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. It is not Abraham, but Christ that is his first head. And so, you know, I like that because, again, so I, I believe the overarching covenant of grace yeah. in a different administration. So that's, this is what this is telling me is that Christ is the first head and then Adam is, I mean, Adam, Abraham, yeah. you, know, you know, is a mediator or, you know, is the uh, administer, administrator of this covenant of grace to me. Yeah. So I, I kind of like what you say. And you know what? I, I, I'm going to tell you a quote by, um, oh gosh, is it, I can't remember, I'll tell remember his name later on, but this guy says, uh, in reading these old, all Puritans uh-huh. on, on the covenant works, he says, uh, there are so many different opinions and they often contradict each other. I mean, not each other, but within themselves, uh-huh. they're contradictory. So when, I was thinking of that when I read these older works on, on, on covenant, covenant theology. Yeah. Uh, so he'll say something here that, then he'll disagree with himself later on, I think. Yeah. So he says something stuff about the subservient covenants on that, which it sounds like Owen's view or whatever. But then he says something like this, what sounds like my view. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> so, You're like, wait, does he, yeah. do you agree? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. And that's yeah. where I would always, that's where I tend to land. It, I think it depends on who I'm talking to. Yeah. It's not that I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. And I don't think that's what Cox is doing. Right. I think he's trying to, to point out that when looking at this particular aspect of the covenant... From this point this, of view? From this point of view, this is how we should think about it. From this point of view, this is how we should think about it. Mm. But there, like, there's you know, a, a unity, a uniformity, if you will. Kind of like how, yeah. you know, if, you, if you're talking to a legalist, you might sound more like Chavidja. Oh, whereas yeah. if you're talking to an antinomian, yeah. you know, it's you like sound a more, more like a Southern Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, yeah. But you're believing the same thing. You're just trying to... Yeah, you know, you're trying to bring people back to Christ. Yeah. You know, it's like, look, you know, it's it's not through works that you're saved; it's through Christ. Look, it's not you don't have freedom to do anything. You're yeah. you're bound to Christ. You know, yeah. so so I mean, yeah, and and you're not contradicting yourself. You're just approaching it from two different angles. Same thing with covenant theology. Sometimes you can. Well, like our discussion of Christian liberty mm-hmm. from this past week, um, the the double role we're. F- Free from, free to, mm-hmm. but we're not free from and not free to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So depending on who you're talking about, I mean, we're free from the curse of the law. Yeah. We're free to now follow the law. We're that sounds not, contradictory. Yeah. It? Just that. Yeah. But we're not free from the law, and and we're not free to do whatever we want. Yeah. And yeah, it sounds contradictory, but there's, it's true both ways. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it is with a lot of spiritual things, isn't it? You know, yeah, I mean, justification. You know, is it our own works? Yeah. No, but we're called to repent. Yeah, in, in some ways, yeah, it's conditional. Our sanctification yeah. as well. You know, yeah. who, who lives? Who lives our sanctification? Yeah. Do we do it? Yeah. Or does the Lord do it? Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's we we have a tendency to put put up so many dichotomies, you know, in, in the way that we think about these things, and, and ultimately they wind up being false dichotomies. You know, we mm-hmm. we can't in a lot of these things we can't have that either or uh, approach to them. Okay, lastly, we have to talk about this before we finish this podcast. Okay, Cox's observation uh, of the fact that Abraham's faith and covenant with God preceded his circumcision by twenty years to me that was just earth shattering. You yeah. know, when I when I in, in thinking about in thinking about 
you know, dealing with uh, pedo-baptists on the issue of uh, baptism and circumcision, yeah. that's almost like a nail in the coffin to me. Because you know, they're always pointing back to Abraham and saying, you know, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. Well, Cox's observation here that, you know, his faith and his covenant in God with God preceded circumcision by uh, 20 years. To me... That that just blows all of that out of the water. The idea that yeah, the, yes, that, yeah. that, that, that the covenant has to have a sign, and yeah, yeah. you know, so uh, you know. Well, let's just stay on that. So before we go, stay on, stay on that. The covenant has to have a sign. Okay. The, the idea that the covenant has to have, has to have a sign. So my question to Pedro Baptist is: Where's that sign before Abraham? Where was that sign, was that sign from Genesis three? To, uh, Going all the way back to Adam. Yeah. Where was it? Where was it? Where was your sign? What, yeah. Was there an Israel before Israel? You know. Yeah. That's my question. So go ahead. Yeah, I think that no, that's very helpful. Yeah. Is the we, that we, is we are given we are given a sign. Mm-hmm. I think the big question is the seal. Yeah. What what's the seal of the old covenant? Mm-hmm. It's circumcision, right? What's the seal in the new covenant? Right. Circumcision of the heart, yeah. not the flesh. Because it pointed to that, right? Yeah. So right. baptism, right? Baptism has a relation to circumcision, but it's not as a seal. The way it is in the old covenant, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not as though even even in the Old Testament there was they knew, you know, God told them, you know, circumcise your hearts. Yeah, and there's something else that Cox points out is, um, well, we're going to kind of talk about it in the the next couple of podcasts too. Is he points out that even during Abraham's time, you still have the, the other patriarchs living, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, post Noah, mm-hmm. and he even. Kind of says Shem yeah. may be Methuselah, and Abraham paid paid tithes to Methuselah, <laughs> and so there's there's all this you know you've got that's Jews are <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all his, his inference, but yeah, yeah. It, it's compelling to think about yeah. uh, that there were that line of Seth, yeah. then you've got the godly line post Noah, the line of Shem. Those people were. A part of the covenant of grace. You have Lot. It says he's righteous Lot. He wasn't given circumcision. Right. Yeah. But he's still a part of God's covenant of grace. He's still right. God's covenant mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll read this quote. Okay, I found that quote I was like, looking for. So this is from Ernest Kevin's book, The Grace of Law. And uh, he quotes Anthony Burgess, uh, or Burgess? Burgess? Burgess. Who, Burgess, who was uh, part of the Westminster uh, Assembly. This is what Anthony says, and then I'll, I'll read Kevin. Uh, so Dr. Burgess in expressing this covenant, there, you know, the Mosaic covenant, there is a difference among the learned. Some make the law a covenant of works, and upon that ground, that it is abrogated. Others call it a subservient covenant to the covenant of grace, and make it only occasionally, as it were, introduced to put more luster and splendor upon grace. Others call it a mixed covenant of works and grace, but that is hardly to be understood as possible, much less as true. I therefore think that that opinion true the law given by Moses was a covenant of grace. And then, uh, and then Ernest Kevin says, it is not possible to make an accurate classification of the Puritans on the basis of their views about the Mosaic Covenant. If, if you're trying to classify, this guy believes this, this, this. Mm-hmm. Because many of them held several of the different views in varying combinations. And that's something I'm, you know, I can think I agree with as I read mm-hmm. to our people. Because I, I agree with them here, but I don't agree with them here. Yeah. You know, so I like, I think it's, you know, maybe you have to look at it really closely and say what, in what sense, you know, and what, how is he looking at this covenant at this time? Yeah. So, okay, the next couple of podcasts we're going to get into 
really dealing with this covenant of circumcision. You know, this is going to be some, hopefully, some really good discussion. I really look forward to it. But that's all we had for today. Uh, again, we would just encourage you to pick up the chapter. There's a lot that we didn't talk about. There's there's a lot to mine from uh, from this Cox book. And also, I want to reiterate that our next book that we're going to be going through is going to be Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. So I'd like to encourage all our listeners to go out, get a copy of Brave New World, and we're going to go through that, and we're going to uh, interact with that from a Reformed Baptist perspective and just kind of talk about our culture and, and how we how we as uh, Christians, how we as Reformed Baptists uh, deal with some of the issues that are brought up in, in that book in particular. A very, very prophetic book. I bet you get it used anywhere probably, right? It's like so popular, yeah. you probably get it used anywhere. Right? Oh, yeah, Price definitely. Books usually has quite a few copies. Yeah. yeah. Several editions also. Yeah, with different, uh, different forwards, there's, I know. There's PDF as you can find. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna, you know what? I'm, not gonna go, I'm going back to paper books. I'm going back to paper if I can. Yeah. I was on Kindle because I was thinking, what happened? <laughs> But what happens, what happens when I die? Like I can't give this to, to anybody. You know, I can't give my Kindle. Yeah. yeah. What happens when you know? So yeah. there's benefits both ways. Yeah. yeah. What I like about them is if I'm on a plane or somewhere, oh, I can yeah. read yeah. and not yeah. have right. my books. But uh, I, I like marking. I like. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because if you're carrying your books on a, on a plane, that's, that's, that's heavy. Books aren't, you know, they're not light. It's better on who you're flying with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Billy. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Uh, well, you've been listening to the Creole Covenant Fellowship, where we seek to enter the cultural conversation from a Reformed Baptist perspective. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. We also have our own website, creocovenant.com, and you can email us at creocov at gmail.com. You know, find us on iTunes and give us a, an iTunes review. Leave us a five-star review, and, and that'll help us to, to kind of get the word out. People will be able to find us a little easier on iTunes. And we'll, we look forward to seeing you next week. Goodbye. Bye.